Binge the full week of The Ray Taylor Show ad-free over at InspiredDisorder.com slash plus. This is The Ray Taylor Show. Welcome to The Ray Taylor Show, where I bring you the reviews on the latest movies and TV shows, as well as classic and foreign films. I'm your host, Ray Taylor, and on this podcast, I'll be talking about all things film and television. Whether you're looking for a new show to binge or want to know if that blockbuster is worth the trip to the theater or just want to hear my thoughts on a classic or foreign film, I've got you covered. So join me every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday for new episodes and let's dive into the world of film and television together. On today's episode, I am talking about the newest film from writer-director Wes Anderson, Asteroid City came out this year, 2023, as I said, written and directed by Wes Anderson, also co-written by Roman Coppola, starring so many people, so many people, Brian Cranston, Edward Norton, Jason Schwartzman, uh, Jake Ryan, Scarlett Johansson, Tom Hanks, Jeffrey Wright, so many different people. I could, I could spend an hour just talking about all of the famous actors that are in this Wes Anderson film Uh, and uh, the plot summary for this film following a writer on his world famous fictional play about grieving uh, about a grieving father who travels with his tech obsessed family to a small rural asteroid city to compete in a junior stargazing event only to have his worldview disrupted forever. I would say, in many ways, that plot description is kind of a, not only just a slight, very accurate, but also tonally or uh, it, it's, it, it reflects well on what this movie is, I would say. Because I, I did enjoy this movie. I am a fan of Wes Anderson. I recently rewatched all of his films to rank them on a episode of Top 5, as I enjoy doing. And I enjoy Wes Anderson. He is probably the one director who has a very specific style and leans into it more than any other director, I would say. I don't think there is another director that has as unique and specific style that Wes Anderson has. And this movie, not my favorite Wes Anderson film, but definitely not my least favorite either. This is just kind of right in the middle. It has a lot of interesting elements to this movie. Maybe too many elements. Not very uh, cohesive. Like, the focus of the, the movie is is a bit all over the place because there are so many different elements going on, similar to the plot description. There's a lot of words in that plot description that almost make it more confusing than it needs to be. And same with this movie. There are so many different elements to this movie, which I enjoyed. I enjoyed all of the elements separately, but together I feel like it's a bit all over the place. And... That's a bummer. It's a bummer. It, it really kind of feels like this could have been uh, a series. Like I would like a limited series. I would have loved to see that. Because there are a lot of interesting little stories going on within this movie, but they don't come together in any kind of meaningful way, at least for me. 
So, but it is still a very Wes Anderson movie, right? If you're not a fan of the aesthetic of Wes Anderson, then you're probably not going to like this one. I really liked his last one, The French Dispatch, kind of uh, almost like an anthology movie in some ways, separate stories tied together uh, through the idea of this paper in France. But, and this one, similarly, there's always like layers to Wes Anderson movies that... I don't know. Like just it just like it this movie does like all of the things Wes Anderson does within one movie and I almost feel like it's just too much. If that makes any sense. But again, I don't know anybody that has such a unique aesthetic. Like you you could do and they have like certain like setting packs for like filming to get the Wes Anderson color palette uh, and different things. The, the look, the very, you know, very, uh, the symmetry in his shots, well-known color palette, the dialogue and performances are very similar, dry, unique, everything very specific to Wes Anderson in a way. I can't think of another director that can do that like even somebody like like a tarantino you kind of feel like you kind of know you're seeing a tarantino film but he doesn't even have the specific look and feel to his movies where you can just tell it's wes anderson like you can't you can't just in a single photo in one single photo you can do a wes anderson look to that photo you can't do that with any other director that I can think of. And I think that's a pretty impressive thing to have that unique and specific a voice in film. And in doing so, attract every major actor wants to work with him. There were interviews of, of um, Edward Norton saying he loses money when he does a Wes Anderson film. It's like these aren't major blockbuster films. I don't even know what the most, the highest grossing Wes Anderson film is. I couldn't even try to guess what that is. But they're, they're like, in some ways, like art house films, like big budget art house films in a lot of ways. But everybody wants to work with him because he's just such, he's like such a, he's an artist in film that has such a specific voice. And I, I, I respect the hell out of it. Even though, like, some of his movies, like, I'm not a big fan of his stop-motion movies. Uh, my favorite is the uh, the Darjeeling uh, Limited. Darjeeling Limited, is that what it's called? And that one, arguably the least Wes Anderson of Wes Anderson films in a lot of ways. But, you know, yeah, I, I enjoy it. I was looking forward to this movie. So, and it's an interesting movie. And there are elements that I like about it. You know, you have the location is interesting. You're out in the middle of the desert. This kind of roadside attraction of this, like, giant meteor crater left by a meteor. You know, and there's kind of like any roadside attraction out in the middle of nowhere. There's just enough kind of infrastructure to support people coming there, driving through. Right? You have a mechanic shop, gas station, diner, motel. 
Like, just kind of the bare necessities. And a collection of, like, random people. But in this movie, it's a convention of smart kids going to show off their science experiments. It's also, this movie is also very interesting because it's a Wes Anderson sci-fi film. Which I didn't realize until watching it. And it's like a retro sci-fi, right? Because it takes place in, like, the 50s or something like that. But the technology these kids are coming up with is doesn't exist. So I found I enjoy that. Like there's always that idea that hits the internet of like what would this movie look like if it was directed by Wes Anderson. And we haven't got that I can think of. This is the first kind of genre film we've gotten from Wes Anderson. Like a sci-fi film. Which I find that to be very interesting as well, an interesting aspect of this movie. But still, it's not like, it's an aspect of the movie, but it's not like a sci-fi film like it's, has everything has, it's a very basic kind of a film. And one of the many elements of the film is that there's the sci-fi element to it, but not the the biggest, it's, it's, it's kind of a pivotal aspect to it, but it's not like it's all sci-fi. Which is very weird. But also, these smart kids, you know, precocious kids is something that's been in Wes Anderson films as far back. I mean, Bottle Rocket, they were kind of a little bit older, but, you know, Rushmore, things like that. So that hits. I did enjoy seeing the many big actors that are in this. Tom Hanks, Steve Carell, two more that off the top of my head. Like, it is kind of fun, but again... A fun element, all of these big actors in this movie, but does it make it better? No. Like, does it fit together? No. Is it maybe a little distracting at times? Like, when all of a sudden Adrian Brody shows up as the director of the play that's, like, layers above the movie we're watching? Does it take you out a little bit when he's having the conversation with his wife that they're having? A f- like, it's just... I think it's a movie that probably would play better the more I watched it. Because I have a feeling there's a lot of details within this movie that in watching it multiple times, the themes of what this movie is trying to communicate would shine through a bit more, which I do have ideas of what this movie is about. The kind of the themes of this movie, but... Let's take a quick break from this episode to talk about attention, attention all Ray, Ray Taylor, Taylor show, show fans. fans. We're excited to announce we've just released a line of exclusive merchandise featuring original artwork inspired by the show. Our high quality shirts and biodegradable phone cases are a perfect way to show your support for the show and make a great gift for any fan. Plus, with each purchase, you'll be helping us continue to bring you great content. So don't wait. Head on over to InspireDisorder.com now and check out the full collection. Thanks for listening, and we hope you'll show your support by grabbing some Ray Taylor Show merchandise today. And now, let's get back to the show. It is kind of a bit everywhere. And part of that are the layers that exist in this movie. Because the movie, when we are watching the events that are taking place in Asteroid City, that's like one layer. And then above that is like this play that's going on about Asteroid City. And Asteroid City is like the play that we're watching. 
But then even on that outside layer of the play that's Edward Norton is the playwright, that's a play of this writer creating this book of Asteroid City. So it's like layers we are kind of jumping through back and forth through as this movie and there's moments where those layers get blended where characters that are in one layer show up in another layer and vice versa and it's like okay what's even going it's almost like wes anderson is trolling the audience like the layers the meta nature of this folds back on itself and it's like what is even going on but you know so there's layers you have brian cranston who's like the host, right? He is the guy who is narrating the play that we're seeing of Edward Norton, the writer, who came up with this story, Asteroid City. If that makes any sense. So it's, it's almost as if this movie is about the imagination of this writer as he's creating this story. And we also see like the inspirations for aspects of this writer and the story and how that may be affected like in some ways this is an examination of how art is created in a way especially like i would imagine written stuff narrative written narrative stuff how elements of life clearly would influence what you write about and in some ways, that's what this movie is about. One of the many things this movie is about, or at least highlighting. And like I said, interesting to see Wes Anderson do sci-fi. And it's kind of makes, when you see it, it's like, oh yeah, that's, that's pretty much how y you would think Wes Anderson would make a sci-fi movie. In some ways. Like, this is very much a sci-fi a Wes Anderson sci-fi. But I do want to get into spoilers. Talk about the moments that I do like about this movie. And talk about the things that happen in this movie that I don't necessarily want to spoil. Because I didn't even necessarily know. Just knowing it's a sci-fi is kind of a spoiler. Unless you watch, like, the trailer. I guess maybe the poster gives what you see a kid with a rocket pack on. Maybe that clues you into like, well, that doesn't exist. This is like the 50s. They didn't have rocket packs. and I mean, still technically not that kind of rocket pack today. So I do want to get into spoilers. So warning for spoilers from here on out. So Asteroid City, all these people are showing up. And you find out that it's like this. these awards, like a convention for th these different like groups like boy scouts but for science and they're getting these kids are getting science awards they're developing these interesting tools right these super smart kids developing these these things like the rocket pack one kid projects is able to project an image on the moon uh another girl synthesized a new element that's going to be added to the periodic table one like engineered a way to grow plants really fast but it makes them toxic so it's it's fun you know you get to see these little this moment where they're all showing off their inventions or whatever and they're getting their awards it's a fun little aspect of this so the different kids are a lot of fun you get to see them hang out but it's not just about them it could have been a whole movie just about them 
but then there's also their parents and then that and then there's just layers above the story that we're even seeing that are part of this movie as well because like you see characters from the story are also like actors in the play so it, it can get a get a little bit confusing having that meta aspect kind of wrapping in on itself the back and forth between the photographer character Augie and the actress Midge. Augie is Jason Schwartzman, Midge, Scarlett Johansson. Pretty much the two main characters of this movie. And their back and forth is pretty great. But, and it could have been a movie where like maybe it's just the kids and them. But there's so many things that distract from it. But I do love, like, the one of the aspects I love the most is their back and forth, the relationship that they have in this movie. Which Jason Schwartzman, his wife, recently died, and on this trip he tells his kids, like, a week after she passes away. Uh, and then Augie is an actress who is really a great comedian, but doing these roles that are more dramatic about her being abuse physically abused and things like that so there's these back and forth that they have where there's like this clear this connection this kind of tension that they have between each other um and in conversations they have schwartzman's a photographer like i said he takes pictures of her it's how they first meet he takes a picture of her without her permission and they kind of have a back and forth and it's a pretty great back and forth it works so well with within the 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 writing of Wes Anderson, and the, there's they there's they have share scenes. Their bungalows are next to each other, and they their bathroom windows are facing, and they have multiple back and forths in the bat through the bathroom windows to each other, which is also great. I love all of that stuff her showing him the nude scene right all of that stuff is great they're back and forth him him running lines with her i love that i like i would have loved to see a movie just about them if it was just focused a little bit more on, it could have still had the layers with the writer how like this is the writer communicating things that he's gone through through these characters but there's also so many other things with this. Another element I love, right, at this, the hotel, motel or whatever, there's like this line of vending machines. And one of the vending machines, you can buy land. And they are like land the size of like half a tennis court, which I thought that was just, it's just like such a weird. And you see not only the vending machine, but then you see out in the desert all of these stakes with signs on it of all the different lots that are for sale. And it's just like, what is going... Like, the whole world is very interesting. That's why I would love to see if they were going to do all of these things to really take the time to flesh it out in a series. Like, a limited series. Give me six episodes of this. You know, six one-hour episodes where we get to see, like, an episode of Steve Carell's character working at this motel. Give me, like, uh, an episode of the kids and what they're doing outside of these science things like trying to fit in like there's one moment in this where you see there's this kid that's always asking people to dare him to do stuff and there's this moment where 
he finally gets asked why he's always daring people to do stuff. And it's like, well, it's to get noticed. And it's like, so interesting, makes that character so interesting. But it's just like these just little moments in this movie, which I would have loved to see all that stuff flesh out more. Like, we just don't get enough of all these. They're so interesting. And Tom Hanks plays the the father of Augie's deceased wife, right? So the grandpa of these kids that they haven't seen since they were babies or whatever. And he shows up just having a gun in his holster. Very interesting character. He wants them to go live with him in, like, some golf resort somewhere. Very interesting. There's this event that's happening, this lunar or solar ellipses. I'm not sure if it's lunar or solar, but this thing where they all put boxes over their heads and they look on the screens and they see these three little dots show up. Fun, fun little moment. And during that moment, we see the, the UFO that shows up. Very adorable Wes Anderson alien. Stop motion. We get a little bit of stop motion in this Wes Anderson film. Which I'm not a big fan of Wes Anderson stop motion, but still, I like it's so adorable. Like the aesthetic of this, the UFO and the alien, very unique and very much fits with everything of Wes Anderson's milieu. His whole vibe, his whole aesthetic makes complete sense. At one point, the host, Brian Cranston, shows up within the story, and the characters are like, Are you supposed to be here? Which is, it's just the the layers of this are, like, so confusing. Like, they could have gotten rid of all the layers. Just make it a movie about Asteroid City. But there's just so much that distracts. Let's take a quick break from this episode because I want to promote, are you looking for a way to take your love of the Ray Taylor show to the next level? Look no further than Inspire Disorder Plus. As a member, you'll get access to a whole host of amazing perks, including the full week of shows, ad-free in both audio and video versions, a live painting archive, early access to the many faces, members-only discounts and deals, a podcast back catalog with over 600 episodes. But that's not all. As a member, you'll get access to my personal blog as well as my creative writing. You'll also get the chance to ask me anything you want. With all of these benefits and more, Inspire Disorder Plus is a must-have for any fan of The Ray Taylor Show. So don't wait. Go sign up now. Head on over to inspiredisorder.com plus and start enjoying all of the amazing perks of the membership. And now, let's get back to the show. I love the moment where the Brainiac kids hack the phones. Like, So the alien shows up, the government locks that place down, right? Because they don't want people to know that they were visited by an alien. But the, these Brainiac kids trick one of the guards to place a call, call which allows them access to the phones. And it's great. And how it all shows up, like, as immediately after that, just tourists show up everywhere. Like, turns into a big spectacle. Kind of reminded me of Ace in the Hole, great uh, Billy Wilder film. So, like, there's a lot of aspects of this movie that, like, a lot of moments that I enjoy. Kind of a strange movie, right? 
but because there's so many different interesting things, there's no real focus. Just interesting moments. Some aspects I liked more than other aspects. But nothing really hooked me because there was like... Like I could have been hooked if it was the focus was more of the connection of Midge and Augie. Could have hooked me if it was about the kids more. Could have hooked me if it was about just, I don't know. If there was just a little bit more focus on it. Like, I like the smart kids, but they only get a couple moments. I like the love story between Midge and Augie and their kids. Only get a moment of that. No real main focus, right? I relate to the actor who plays the photographer when he goes off stage. There's like a moment where the actor in Asteroid City, Jason Schwartzman's character, goes off stage of Asteroid City, the play, to go backstage and talks to the director asking what this is even about. He doesn't even know what the play is about. Like, and I'm like, yes, I agree. And in that moment, he kind of expresses what it is about. So in that way, I kind of drew some conclusions of what the theme of this movie is. Like maybe it's about letting go, right? You, can, you can't wake, the, the song at the very end, you can't wake up if you don't fall asleep. And I think it's also a, a moment they chant when the the writers trying to get inspiration for a scene and all the actors are sitting in the the audience and they're going to improvise this this scene and they end up chanting this you can't wake up if you don't fall asleep right as if going to sleep is the act of letting go of control obviously right you you shut down you're not actively breathing or doing anything you're 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 off in a dream world, right? You're on autopilot, right? Your body stays alive on its own without you awake and cognizant of what's going on. And waking up is like this fresh start, right? A new day. And you can't have that fresh start, that new day, if you don't relinquish control, if you don't let go, right? And... You kind of see that in this movie, right? The family moving on from the death of the mom, right? Letting go of her and moving on, starting fresh with living with her her father, right? The boy moving on to his next science project. That's what he's been writing in his book the whole time. He's working on next year's project. Humanity in many ways moving on from a world that hadn't been visited by aliens into a world where aliens exist and have visited us, right? The aliens moving on, right? They found this meteor, they inventoried it and left it back there. They moved on. The grandpa kind of letting go of this control that he wanted to have burying his the ashes of his daughter back home letting go of that so the girls can have their witch ceremony 
I love the girls in this. That's another aspect. I love those three girls in this movie. Amazing. Would have loved to see more of them. I think they had a good amount. But the grandpa letting go is like, okay, we'll do this, girls. We'll This will be it. The movie itself, the story, moves on past the death of the author. Right? But despite that possible theme, it's not my least favorite Wes Anderson, right? It's, uh, you know, he can be a hit or miss at times for me. Right? I'm not, like I said, not a fan of his stop motion. And it, it... a lot of this kind of felt like actors were the stop motion characters in this movie um, with endless cameos. But I didn't hate this movie, right? I just didn't I just didn't get it. Even though like the idea of moving on, letting go of control, those things people in this transitionary peri- period can make sense, I still don't feel like the movie really landed on that theme as well as it could have because there was so many distractions. So just because it didn't resonate with me in any way, it was still beautiful to watch. I like the performances. I would have loved it, right, if it had more focus. Maybe, like I said, on the photographer and the actress. Uh, but there's just so many distractions, right? Like 10 different short stories just blended together. And kind of really lacking any any true substance. Uh, but other than that, I, I really did enjoy it. And it's definitely a movie that stuck with me as far as thinking about. Just trying to pull any kind of meaning from. And, you know, I'll probably watch it at some point in the future. Go back and revisit it. That tends to happen over time with me. With movies that maybe I just didn't get. At first, like maybe I'll go on a want to revisit Wes Anderson stuff. Sometimes just watching multiple movies by the same director will get me in the mind space and the vibe of the director to where I will understand and appreciate their work more once I get in on that wavelength. So maybe in the future, going back and rewatching uh, Wes Anderson, do like a, a, a marathon of his stuff, and then I go back to this one, I will. It, it will hit me in a, a more substantial way. So maybe that's that's always a possibility. Uh, but either way, I want to thank you all for tuning into this episode of The Ray Taylor Show. I do hope you enjoyed my thoughts on Asteroid City. Don't forget to tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday for new movie and TV show reviews. And join the conversation by leaving a comment or rating on your favorite podcast platform or on YouTube. Until next time, enjoy the show. Subscribe to The Ray Taylor Show on YouTube and everywhere podcasts are found. Binge the full week ad-free over at inspireddisorder.com slash plus. Purchase Ray Taylor Show merch over at inspireddisorder.com. Have a wonderful day, everybody. Peace out. Today is the day where you wake up and you realize that everything that you've been dreaming about, everything that you've been wanting, every goal and wish and hope that you've ever had can become real. Dreams can come true. What you manifest in your mind, you can bring to reality.